Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Review It Rob Show. Hope everybody out there has been doing good. Hope you've all been doing fantastic. Hope you had a great weekend and a great week, because I am coming at you much later in the week than I normally do. Had some stuff going on this week. Uh, it was my mom's birthday on uh, Monday, so happy uh, belated birthday to my mom on the show. I said, birth- I, said, I said happy birthday to her in real life. Come on now. Um, my brother, Tombstone Josh, and I record another episode of the Soapbox Sesh. Hope everybody is uh, tuned into that show. That's been fun to record. And, you know, now it's time for me to record my little show here. And if you're hearing this and if you're listening to this, that means you survived the stink fest of 2020 of my last episode. <laughs> um, that episode was wild, man. Actually, listen back to it. I don't think it sounded all that bad, but hey, we're all our worst critics sometimes. And you know what? Whatever. Anyways, we're here this week. We're back and a lot of news going on. Kind of happy that I waited a little bit longer in the week to uh, do this episode. I had some huge, huge news breaking this week. So can't wait to get into it and talk about that. Um, me personally, things I've been up to, like I said, started a new podcast with my brother called The Soapbox Sesh. Make sure you check that out. That's uh, just a whole lot more freedom of a, a show that we're doing there. Um, I beat Jedi Fallen Order. I finally, I think I talked about that in the last episode. Um, and I've started the Ghostbusters game, which I've had uh, different um, people telling me about the game. I've had my friends over there at the Haunters seem to love it. I have one of my friends who's a video game, like, freaking specialist, if you will, say he didn't like the game all that much. So, you know, different opinions, different folks, different strokes, all that good stuff. But me personally, I've played a good bit of it, and I've been enjoying it so far. I'm going to get back to that soon. I've been doing some uh, wrestling marathon with the TLC matches and pay-per-views. I'm on the uh, very first TLC pay-per-view now. But, you know, that's basically all I've been up to. No good news. I don't think I've talked about this on the show. Um... I've, at my job personally, I've been booked, moved up to an assistant manager, so that's freaking awesome, you know, that's good to know, (laughs) so anyways, enough about me, right, on my show, you know what, it is my show, I'm talking about me, yes, go me, anyways, um, so the big, huge, huge, big, 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 super huge, awesome, maybe awesome news that broke today, um, depending on how you stand on this, it's awesome or not, Warner Brothers, one of the biggest film companies in the world, whether you love them or whether you hate them, it's the truth. They're one of the biggest film companies in the world. They announced today that their entire, entire movies from 2021, movies that are coming out in 2021, all of them, every one of them. You know, we're talking The Matrix 4. We're talking the Dune remake that's coming. We're talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical In the Heights. We're talking about freaking the Suicide Squad. They will all debut on HBO Max and in theaters on their respective release dates. That is huge news, man. So I'm going to go through a whole lot more of this. There's a lot of stuff I uh, I copied and pasted. Um, a lot of the news I captured here. Um, but yeah, that is big news. We, we already knew. I talked about it on last week's episode, I believe. We already knew that Wonder Woman 84 has finally been announced that it will keep its uh, theater release date of, ni- of 1984. <laughs> keep its theater release date of Christmas, but it's also releasing on HBO Max same day, and you're not going to have to pay extra. So if you already have an HBO Max subscription, you've already got the movies. Not like Disney Plus over there charging you money to watch these movies, you know. Um, so we knew that, and that kind of opened up the doors and making us wonder about, okay, what else is coming? And there's been rumblings. Maybe Mortal Kombat's going to do the same thing. Maybe um, Godzilla versus Kong will do the same thing. Or is it Kong versus Godzilla? I think it's Godzilla versus Kong, right? I don't know. But um, anyways, <laughs> um, so we, we already had those rumblings on what's going on, and we know 
I've talked about extensively on this show. It's on. It's in the news for people who follow movies. We know that the uh, movie theaters are not doing too well right now. Some, most of them, a majority of them are closed. The Regal theaters are definitely closed, unless in like certain areas. I know I don't really have a movie theater around me that um, I don't. I mean, obviously the Regal theaters around me are closed. That's my go-to destination for movies, and don't really have any other theaters close to me. There's one, but you know it's not trustworthy, if you will. So. I've always had bad experiences at that movie theater, so it's 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 a rough go for us movie fans and us people who love movie theaters and we're seeing something we love just falling apart now with this news. 2021, every single Warner Brothers movie is going to be going to streaming. It's going to still go to theaters. There's still the possibility if theaters are open. We don't know what's going on in 2021. Um, we want to think positive and think that theaters will be open, but we've got to think um, logical as well. So, um, so yeah, Wonder Woman, already know that that was planned to go Starting December 25th, we already knew that was planned to happen now. All of these Warner Brothers films are, in 2021 at least, all the 2021 uh, films will be hitting the the HBO Max service, which is a huge deal by all means. So, like mentioned, Wonder Woman 84, um, the plans to release 2021 will be available to HBO Max subscribers for 31 days. So... Um, HBO Max, obviously streaming service where you can find all this stuff. Wonder Woman's coming there December 25th and it will be on the service for 31 days. Now mentioned it, it will be in theaters at the same time. So after that 31 days, uh, the movie will only play in theaters until they reach the traditional, um, home, home frame, additional time when the movie should be heading home. From there, you will be able to rent it through platforms like, you know, iTunes, Amazon, Fandango, uh, wherever you <laughs> rent your movies. Um, we don't know when it will be back on HBO Max, which, you know, kind of seems weird since it is their movie. You think it will just stay on there, um, go on there as soon as we get back to the entertainment frame, but hey, whatever. But, you know, that's just a sign of the times, man. So, you know, one of the executives, now I'm going to quote one of the executives here about all of this stuff, so bear with me. I'm <laughs> an executive from Warner Brothers said, quote, no one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know new content is the lifeboard of the theatrical experience, but we have to balance this with the reality that most theaters in the U.S. will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. With this unique one-year plan, so this is a one-year plan, we can support our partners in exhibition, I think that's the right word, whatever, I suck at reading, <laughs> um, with a steady pipeline of world-class films while also giving moviegoers who may not have access to theaters or aren't quite ready to go back to the movies the chance to see these amazing films of 2021. She continues saying, We see it as a win-win for film lovers and exhibitors, and we're extremely grateful to our filmmaking partners for working with us on this innovative response to the circumstances. So, yeah, there is a lot of stuff going on with uh, the movie world, and that was a big deal right there that just happened. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, every Warner Brothers movie next year. All right, so just to go over this list again, that's going to be, you know, we're already getting Wonder Woman Christmas, right? Um, So next year, 2021 films, The Matrix 4. Dune remake, In the Heights, which is a musical from Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's an adaptation of a musical, or a Broadway musical. Uh, the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark. The Suicide Squad. 
Uh, we're also talking about Denzel Washington film The Little Things, a biographical drama by the name of Judas and the Black Messiah, a remake of Tom and Jerry, Godzilla vs. Kong. I thought it was Godzilla and Kong. Um, video game adaptation of Mortal Kombat hitting theaters again. We got Angelina Jolie film Those Who Wish Me Dead. We got my most anticipated film for 2021, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Space Jam, A New Legacy, um, there you go, oh, nope, James Wan movie, Malignant, we got Will Smith's sports drama, King Richard, and there you go, so, big movies right there, like I said, my most anticipated film, 2021, is now going to be both in theaters and on HBO Max, so for the good lord above, please... Please let Roku get HBO Max, man. I need need me some HBO Max in my life. Um, at least on my TV. I was over at my brother's over the weekend. We uh we indulged in some HBO Max fun. So, and we watched Krampus actually. So that was pretty cool. Um, so that's interesting. Huge news, obviously. Um, I just saw a report that AMC theaters are already not liking this idea, saying that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure it doesn't happen it seems so that's kind of um ridiculous if you ask me but whatever um you know whatever so anyways this so what could make them do this move and i think there's a lot of reasons to kind of look into this uh the first reason i'm just gonna go ahead and throw out there and kind of talking out of my behind on this one but you know warner brothers has been getting a lot of heat as of late and uh, i mean a lot of heat they they've had um Ray Fisher, star of the Justice League, come out saying that Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers treated uh, him unfairly on the set of Justice League. From there, we've had the whole uh, Justice for Johnny Depp thing going on, where, you know, I'm very much, you know, I'm with the people on that one. I'm annoyed about how uh, Warner Brothers has treated the whole thing between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, making Johnny Depp, uh, well, you know, asking Johnny Depp to leave uh, Fantastic Beast 3, where he was playing uh, Grindelwald, played him in the uh, first two films, and, you know, you know, I can't be, it sucks that he's leaving, because Johnny Depp is one of my favorite actors, he's going to continue to be one of my favorite actors, unless there's an actual reason for me to no longer like him, um, you know, on top of that, you know, at least they paid him his money for the film, so that was good on them, I'm glad they did that, and... You know, it seems by all means, I'm going to get to some more Fantastic Beast news after this. Um, but the main issue here is that they're still employing Amber Heard, and she is accused of doing much worse things than Giant Depp is being accused of doing. So, you know, we got to we gotta hope that Warner Brothers will come to their senses and get rid of Amber Heard like they uh, got rid of Giant Depp. Justice is justice, right? But, you know, anyways, Warner Brothers getting a lot of heat from that. We got a lot of people already talking about boycotting Fantastic Beast film. Um, one, because of Johnny Depp, two, because of, uh, J.K. Rowling, the creator of the whole franchise, so, a lot of stuff going on there, and I'm gonna be, let's be completely honest, the Wizarding World is huge money for Warner Brothers, so, you know, I mean, I'm sure the Fantastic Beast movie's not coming out next year, um, and Aquaman 2's not coming out next year, but Warner Brothers is taking a lot of heat right now, so it's probably, it's probably that, on top of it, Tenant, you know, the experiment with Tenant didn't go so well this year. It worked kind of, worked pretty all right, but it didn't go extremely well. And then, you know, maybe ticket sales for Wonder Woman aren't going too well because advanced ticket sales have now been going on. So maybe the theater chains are not getting um, the big ticket sales that they were hoping for, Warner Brothers-wise. 
Warner Brothers and not getting the big ticket sales that they were hoping for, and that's, you know, sparked their idea of, hey, let's let's put it on our streaming service same day. People will come join HBO Max. It's going to be good for business. People will be paying, what, $15 a month for HBO Max now, getting a whole lot of subscribers, boosting those numbers, boosting that draw. You know, it's a business deal, and it's going to bring in people without a doubt. I mean, I want to get it. If Roku will let me get it, I will get it. Um, because obviously I want to see Wonder Woman 84. And I don't have an option of a theater to go to, so it's the best option for me. Uh, two, like I said, fantastic business move for them. You know, this is this is going to bring in, like I said, a lot of subscribers, a lot of money for them. Two, or I've already said two. Two and two. Plus, you got to start thinking about things like Netflix. Netflix creates a lot of original content, and they create a lot of original movies, and I think that's something that, yeah, they got all the licensings and the rights to stream other popular things, but the original stuff they've created and had their hands in have been huge and have brought people in and have kept people there. Perfect example, Stranger Things. Now, of course, Stranger Things is a TV show, but just think about it. Think about the huge freaking juggernaut global universal success that that show is, and that is a Netflix original show that brings people in all the time for it. And the show is blowing up everywhere imaginable. It's a Netflix show. So can you really blame Warner Brothers for thinking like, hey, we got to compete with Netflix. We got to compete with Disney. Um, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? So you want to bring those people in. You want to get them in as much as possible. And that's what Warner Brothers has to do. Now, again, this is a one-year deal uh, as far as 2022 goes from uh, the executive from the executives of other, uh, other, good lord, from the executives over at Warner Brothers, they want to get things back to theaters. They want the theater thing going, so they're hoping theaters are going to survive 2021. I'm hoping severe uh, theaters will survive 2021 as well. But this is very much the world we live in now, where things are streaming. People want stuff in their hands as soon as possible. They want it as the most uh, convenient way as possible for them. They pretty much mean they don't want to get dressed and go out to watch movies. I mean. For example, look at the music business, man. As soon as you were able to download songs, you know, the music business took a hit. So, fingers crossed, hoping the best for theaters, because I am one of those people that loves the theater experience. Just one of those people that's also in the unfortunate position where I can't get to a theater. So, I completely understand the move. I'm not mad at him at all. Maybe there's an argument out there, hey, at least let the movie be in theaters for a week, or at least opening weekend, and then put it out on the streaming service, but... I mean, what really will that do anyways? People will be like, oh, I can wait two days to get in on my streaming service, you know? So it's just the world we live in now, and it's going to be the world we live in for the next couple of years where this stuff is going to keep going on. Um, that's just the story. So I uh, briefly mentioned this a second ago, Fantastic Beasts 3, a movie that you know I'm up in the air about. I love The Wizarding World. I know that's um, tough on a lot of people because of how they feel about J.K. Rowling, but I grew up with the Wizarding World. I love the Wizarding World to death, and it's not something that's going to just leave me or leave my heart at all. I, I understand the frustration. Don't get me wrong. I understand the frustration. Um, and, of course, I'm frustrated about the Johnny Depp news. We, um, you know, my show is a movie show, and I'm going to talk about movie news when I get it. And even if it doesn't necessarily make me all that happy, it's, you know, it's news to the subject of what I love movies. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen has officially been cast as the person to play Grindelwald now in the Fantastic Beasts uh, 3 film. 
I, you know, most people say replace. You can't replace Johnny Depp. You just can't do that. Um, to his credit, though, and this is making me kind of like him and feel a little bit better. Again, you know, Warner Brothers, my main issue with him right now is Amber Heard. You know, I get it with the accusations and everything like that. You want to be careful. I get it, and I get the business side of it. Uh, you know, you got to remember, not a whole lot of human, human um, humanity in business sometimes. And, you know, hopefully they'll become to their senses and, you know, ask Amber Heard to leave as well. Since she is just, um, you know, <laughs> but, you know, they at least paid Johnny Depp what he was deserved to be paid and all that. So, and it looks like Johnny Depp will more than likely be cast as Gomez Adams sometime soon for uh, Tim Burton's Adams Family Show, which is good news there as well, because we don't want to see Johnny lose work. But back to Fantastic Beasts 3 and Mads Mikkelsen. Sure, I'm messing his name up. Maybe I'm getting it right. Who knows? He's been... He's been, you know, pretty decent about the... I mean, he's a talented actor. Nothing against him. He's been decent about the the uh, taking on of the role. He um, he recently opened up about the decision to take on the role, despite, you know, all the controversy surrounding the uh, Johnny Depp's departure and everything. And he said, quote, on portraying Grindelwald, it's... Uh, this is the tricky part. Quote, this is the tricky part. We're still working it out. There has to be a bridge between what Johnny did and what I'm going to do. And at the same time, I also have to make it my own. But also, we have to find a few links to the previous version of the character and some bridges so it doesn't completely detach what he's already masterfully achieved. Great job by Mads Mikkelsen there, you know, showing support for his fellow actor, um, for his fellow actor's work. And, you know, obviously it's a very tough situation, but, you know, nothing against him at all. It's just a, like I said, tough situation. Other news, Oscar nominee and an absolutely incredible singer, Haley Steinfeld, can now be officially confirmed as being Kate Bishop in Disney Plus's upcoming uh, Hawkeye series. Kate Bishop is, of course, the daughter of... Well, anyways. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, there's a Hawkeye show coming up. I'm not the best with Marvel. Did you hear my brain just stop right there? Um, so... Haley Steinfeld, absolutely love her. She's fantastic. Um, can't really think of anything I haven't liked her in. She was awesome in the Pitch Perfect films. She was great in the Bumblebee film. And like I mentioned, she is just an absolutely incredible singer. So, cool on, cool on it. This was rumored for a while. Now some um, confirmations come out now that she is, in fact, in the show. Um, just for reference, Kate Bishop becomes Hawkeye after Clint Burton. is, And she is also a member of the Young Avengers. Now, Disney has yet to confirm if they have any plans whatsoever to uh, do a spinoff of Kate Bishop or have her appear in the MCU down the line, but I think that's pretty much a certain possibility, especially since the shows and the movies are intermingled. Um, interesting thing here that I learned is that the working title for the show was Anchor Point, which was um, a title of a comic book series. By Kelly Thompson, that came out in 2017. Uh, it was titled as Volume 1, uh, Anchor Points. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think, is that Archer Points or Anchor Points? But whatever. It was um, Kate Bishop's first solo comic series after appearing in the Young Avengers issue. Now, it is uncertain if that comic will be the storyline that would connect the series. Plot or not, but it is very interesting that they had that working title and all that. Fantastic news. Of Haley Steinfeld again. Love her. Also, more casting news for this Hawkeye show. This show is basically like, it's 
going, you know. Um, other news we got here is that the also amazing Vera Farminga, 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 yeah. <laughs> Vera Farminga has been cast in the show as Eleanor Bishop, the mother of Kate Bishop. And we, of course, we know Vera from freaking The Conjuring, man. She's, she's, um, Lorraine. She's Lorraine Warren, and she does a fantastic job. We know her from countless other things. I mean, she was in Bates Motel, countless, countless other things. She's fantastic, <laughs> is all I need to say there. Um, so, she's been cast. Also, casting news, very interesting casting news, if you will, is the also lovely Florence Pugh, who many of you know from uh, Midsommar. She's been in a lot of other stuff, and she's going to be in the Black Widow movie in the role of, was that, Yelena Belova, who is the sister of Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> forget her, Romanoff? I think her last name's Romanoff. Again, Marvel's not my thing. Um, and uh, Florence Pugh would be the pretty much one of the shining points of what this Black Widow movie's going to be. Yeah, I said it. But I'm not going to go down that again. But she is reply, uh, reprising her role of uh, Yelena Belova. That's fun to say, man. <laughs> Belova. Belova. Anyways. She. <laughs> it's cool to see that she's going to be on there. Florence Pugh, great actress. If I was going to do a uh, live action Until Dawn thing, I would cast her in the role that Hayden Penitieri played. Anyways. But yeah, that's good news. Hawkeye show is happening. We've got some great casting news there. That show is moving forward. Speaking of things moving forward, Universal is absolutely loving uh, going into their library and revitalizing their classic monster movies. We had it with The Invisible Man. We had it with uh, The Wolfman coming. Countless stuff that they're working on. We had it with The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, which is a fantastic movie. Shut up, haters. But they're diving back into it. And James Wan and Julius... Avery are teaming up for a Van Helsing film, man. Uh, according to Deadline, the story is being kept under wraps aside from keeping it in the world of the Monster Hunter. It will be rewritten by the Overlord director, Julius Ayer. If you have not seen Overlord, see it. That is a, uh, that's a movie, man. <laughs> that's a movie. Um, Van Helsing first appeared in Bram Stoker's legendary novel, Dracula. He's also been seen on screen performed by a number of different stars, including Edward Van Sloan in Universal's 1931 adaptation of the novel, as well as been played um, as Peter Cushing in the Hammers film series. Anthony Hopkins has also played the character. And in 2004, we had the Van Helsing movie starring Hugh Jackman and how dare Deadline leave out Van Helsing's appearance in... One of the greatest films of all time. Probably the greatest Van Helsing appearance of all time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Look it up. You know what I'm talking about. But anyways, there you go. Van Helsing's coming back. And he's on the attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, speaking of things coming back, Clive Barker has reclaimed the rights to Hellraiser. Clive Barker is getting his property back. And he will recapture the rights of the Hellraiser property on December 19th, 2021. There is no word on what will happen to the Hellraiser productions currently in the works. Talked about that on a previous episode. I believe they were working on a movie and a TV show. Um, so now we will see what happens. Maybe Clive Barker jumps in and takes over and helps out with the show or movie. Maybe he completely scraps them all together and they go into another route. Either way, it's always great when artists get their um, 
their property back, if you will, their creation back. So good on them. I'm not the biggest Hellraiser fan in the world, but I will see whatever comes forward. You know, I think it's tough to say I'm not the biggest Hellraiser fan in the world because I've only seen the first one and I wasn't overly impressed by it. One being that Pinhead is such a huge character to a lot of horror fans, but barely in the freaking movie. Um, maybe he shows up more in the other Hellraiser movies. I don't know. Um, and two, that movie, it made me uncomfortable, but not like in the way it makes other people uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable because like a character's wearing a dress shirt and it's all bloody and it looks sticky and uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. But yeah, you know, good on Clive Barker getting his property back. Speaking of getting creations back, have you seen the commercial that Ryan Reynolds put out for Match.com that features the lovely Taylor Swift's love story in the background. And the interesting thing about this, I love how I asked a question that I just kept going, um, cause I know nobody's going to answer, but if you haven't seen that, check it out. One freaking hilariously awesome video Two, We get our first listen of Tay Tay as I like to call her. Thanks to the rock. Cause he called her Tay Tay. I've kind of adapted it as well. My, uh, haunter buddy Brooke over there likes to call her T swizzle, which is awesome as well. Long distance high five over the internet to, uh, Brooke haunter Brooke. Um, that's her name. That's her official name. Brooke Hunter Brooke. <laughs> Zach, tell her I said that. I don't think she listened to my show. Anyways. <laughs> Taylor Swift, she's re-recording her master. She's re-recording her songs. You know, the things that she created. Nobody else created. She created. She is re-recording. And then we got our first listen of Love Story in the background to the Match.com commercial, which plays out like a short film. And it's awesome to hear that it's still like that country vibe. I'm not the biggest country fan in the world, but I am a... Tay Tay fan. So I'm happy and excited about that. Anyways, I'm back to the movies. Um, mentioned this before Scream has officially wrapped production uh, last month, and the producer, William Shrek, is his last name Shrek? That's awesome. It's probably like Shrek, but I'm calling him Shrek. <laughs> Shreky, what's up, dude? Um, he has talked some stuff about the film, and he went on to say that, quote, I think the two things to remember for us one is there are multiple versions of the draft out there. And most of the cast don't know if they have the right version or not. He also goes on to say, So, we've been playing that game with them as well. And the fun of the Scream movie is that everyone is guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. So the goal is to keep that going for as long as possible and have fun with it. Which, I mean, if you've remember, if you seen the Scream films, it's kind of how it goes. You never, you don't really know and they try to give you like this twist ending of who the killer is going to be and all that good stuff. It's cool, man. I like it when it comes to movies like this, where like horror movies and all that stuff, where they make multiple scripts and try to keep like the uh, keep the cast guessing. That's a cool thing. Good on them. Um, continuing with news for the horror realm. Let me make sure I didn't skip a bit of news. I feel like I skipped something. Nope, definitely didn't. So um, next in the mo- um, movie news. I almost said news wise. News wise, uh, Blumhouse's Five Nights at Freddy's movie is uh gonna try to start production in 2021 uh five nights at freddy creator scott coffin um took to his reddit and announced that blumhouse's upcoming live action film adaptation of the popular horror game is looking to begin filming spring of 2021 chris columbus know him as the director for the home alone harry potter and the witch he has been attached to this since 2012 or no, he hasn't. This is 2018. And will also serve as the film's producer with, of course, Jason Blum and the uh, game's creator. 
Five Nights at Freddy's, I've never played. I really don't even know what the game's about. Um, it looks like it says Five Nights at Freddy's challenges players to survive for five nights as a security guard in a demented pizza entertainment restaurant where homicidal possessed animatronics roam the halls in search of their next victims. Is that what that game is? That sounds pretty cool, man. <laughs> not going to lie, that sounds pretty cool. Um, I think it's like a computer game, so that's probably why I've never played. I'm more of a console guy. Yeah, I'm that kind of person. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you put it on a console, I probably would have played it just by that characteristic alone. It sounds like a de even more demented Chuck E. Cheese. You know, good on them for turning that into a movie that could be very interesting. Maybe not a snooze fest from Blumhouse. So, good on them. Speaking of Blumhouse, I believe Freaky officially hits video on demand this weekend. Talking again out of my ass, but I think that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. I've heard good things about Freaky. And, maybe possibly a last bit of news here, the lovely, incredible, absolutely gorgeous, probably the sexiest woman in the world, Gal Gadot, has a uh, potential action franchise on her plate, other than Wonder Woman. Um, it is being said to be in the same vein of 007 and Mission Impossible. So, good on her. I mean, we absolutely love Gal Gadot over here at the Review at Rob show. Hey, that rhymed. Gal Gadot at the Review at Rob show. Gal Gadot at the Review at Rob show. Um, so good on her. Absolute 100% credit to that. I am here for anything starring the wonderful, incredible Gal Gadot. And oh, nope. other news here, Alfred Molina is rumored to be reprising his role as Doc Ock in the third MCU Spider-Man movie. I mean, let's just go ahead and say that this is going to be a Spider-Verse film. I mean, we're bringing Jamie Foxx in and we're bringing Doc Ock back in. Um, yeah, this is 100% going to be a Spider-Verse film. Stop playing with our emotions and just tell us that already. Okay? Okay. And that is the news, ladies and gentlemen. Going to take a break and going to come back with a review. You know how the show works. Be right back. Do you like to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Do you yourself like Hollow Scream, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and other scary things? Or maybe on the weekend you like to summon a ghost or go find yourself a demon. If you do, then this is the podcast for you. Haunters! You can follow us every Wednesday on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Haunters Pod. Where we're ready to haunt you. Ah, oh, wonderful. It comes off kind of creepy. We're keeping it! Rob Reiner and Stephen King want to be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas and a safe and sane holiday season. But for novelist Paul Sheldon, it won't be very merry at all. He's spending Christmas in bed. There is nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. I think one of my clients, Paul Sheldon, might be in some kind of trouble. You mean Paul Sheldon, the writer? This year. My name is Annie Wilkes. He won't be going to any parties. Oh, Paul, I've read everything of yours. The misery novels. I love them so. He won't be seeing any friends. They said he checked out last Tuesday. Isn't that a little strange? Paul, say hello to Misery. Misery. Yes, I told you I was your number one fan. He won't be spending time with his family. 
Paul. Forgive me for prattling away and making you feel all oogie. He'll have only one person to help him through the holidays. Catch this. Mwah! Annie Wilkes. What a poet you are. The presumption must now be that Paul Sheldon is dead. She loves everything he ever wrote. I'd love to stay here and chat, but I'm right at the end, and I gotta find out what happens. Except this. You dirty bird. How could you? Misery Chastain cannot be dead. You murderers! Welcome back to the Review Rob Show. That was the trailer for this week's review. And, you know, I decided to review this movie. As you heard there in the trailer, the movie is Misery. Um, I decided to review this movie because it just reached its 30th anniversary, man. Misery came out on November 30th, 1990. Fantastic classic film directed by Rob Reiners, based on the story by Stephen King, the uh, master of horror, if you will. Um, depends on who you ask about that. It might be John Carpenter. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I wanted to check this movie out. One, because, again, it reached its 30th anniversary. Two, I haven't ever really fully seen the movie. And now, obviously, I've seen, I'm a huge horror fan, so I've watched, like, these countdowns of, you know, crazy horror movies or craziest scenes in movie history. So I've seen the most talked about hobbling scene that happens in this movie before, but I've never actually seen the full movie, so, I wanted to check it out, man, I was very interested in this movie, so, like I said, the film released on November 30th, 1990, in the United States, and had extremely positive reviews, and was a box office success, um, Kathy Bates, we all know her, we all love her, the amazing actress Kathy Bates drew a lot of praise from critics, and even won her, uh, won her an Academy Award for Best Actress at the 63rd Academy Awards, making Misery the only film based on a Stephen King novel to win an Oscar. Stephen King himself has stated that the Misery, the Misery, stated that Misery is one of his top ten favorite film adaptations of his work. A lot of praise there, man. Uh, looks like just going through it. Like I said, Best Actress at Academy Awards, Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Golden Globes went to Kathy Bates for this award. So this movie is nominated for countless awards. Uh, one Kathy Bates Best Actress. So all in all, very highly credited, highly, highly loved the movie, man. So Misery, basically the story, is based off of the novel. 30 years ago, some, some of this might be spoilers, some of it might not be. If you haven't seen Misery, you could be like me and haven't seen Misery. So I'm trying to go um, out of the way to not really fully describe what happens. But you can hear in the trailer there that... Uh, the uh, a writer, very famous writer of the Misery series as well as other books, while out um, writing his newest book, he, in snowy conditions, loses control of his car, wrecks, just so happens that his biggest fan, Annie Wilkes, finds him and takes him back to her home to help heal him, and which, you know, seems nice, right? And then you start kind of looking at it, it's like, well, his biggest fan just so happened to be there, and... 
you know, all that. And then there's little ticks here and there from Annie's character in the movie where you're kind of like, well, maybe she's a crazed fan. But at the same time, she's helping him at least. Seems Everything seems good to go. And then, you know, uh, as you heard in that uh, piece there, something happens in the Misery book, uh, the latest Misery book that Annie's not too happy about because she's loved the Misery series her whole life, loves the character of Misery, and takes her over the course. So, so she's already crazy. Um, she's a crazy fan. Got her little quirks. And then, you know, we learn more and more that this girl is like insane. And it just goes from there. This movie, Kathy Bates absolutely deserved to win the Academy Award. Her performance throughout the film is so good, man. Like, I don't know if this movie like straight up put her on the map, but I, it solidified her as one of the best actresses in the world. Uh, if you watch the American Horror Story, my uh, my brother and I have gone through American Horror Story. She's in pretty much all of the seasons. I think she's in the majority of the seasons, and she's so freaking good in that show. And she's such a great actress. So it's cool to see, especially after watching Misery, to see just how good she was in that film. And I completely support her winning the award. You know the acting. I know it's the '90s, and you know some of the stuff when you go back and watch from the '90s, it's like oh, it doesn't fit too well or. It it was a very 90s film, or the acting's not the greatest. You know, this movie, right at the beginning, well, right at the end of the 90s, came out in November, but, uh, 1990. <laughs> so it was the start of the 90s. Um, it's good, man. I think the movie, the movie absolutely holds up. The acting is fantastic. The story's compelling, man. You can ask Josh if you want to. I mean, he and I both, I mean, the movie, it gets you on edge, man. You know, the movie gets you on edge. There's just stuff that goes on in that film, like, oh my god. And no, and then there's moments where you keep, when your mouth freaking drops and you're just watching and paying attention. It's so much, you know, it, it gets you, man, it gets you nervous watching the movie because it's, it's a, it could happen. It's something that could really happen and the acting is so good and the storytelling is perfect and everything about that film is just spot on where it's like, holy freaking crap, man. So, Misery, fantastic movie. If you, if you haven't seen it, you know, Stephen King has come back out, come, you know, out in a big way over the last couple of years, be it the uh, the two It movies, which hit big. Um, you know, he's got movies on Netflix I talked about in, in The Tall Grass on a previous episode. Uh, the more of his movies are being turned into stuff. They made a whole show called Castle Rock that dealt with his movies. You know, there's countless, like, pretty much everything of his is either being put into something or being remade from when they uh, was originally released. So Stephen King's back in a big, bad way, but it's really cool to go back and see, you know, some of these other films and, you know, misery holds up so strong, man. So I highly, two very enthusiastic thumbs up for misery. It's, I mean, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for some good storytelling that will get you, um, get you freaking on edge, just sitting there waiting to see what happens. Like how, how what's going to happen here how are they going to get out of this what's going on here how's it going to be figured out it's a good movie to check out for you for uh for sure yeah not a whole lot of comedy in a movie um there's some parts where you might be able to laugh you know i got a couple snickers in there but not like straight up comedy movie it's not comedy horror at all it's very suspenseful film that's the word i was looking for when i was saying on edge and getting your nerves going very suspenseful but yeah highly Highly, highly recommend checking out Misery. Don't be worried about the fact it was made in the 90s. Don't be worried about the fact that maybe, you know, you saw a Stephen King thing in the past, which I can't even think of a Stephen King thing in the past that didn't work out too well. I mean, as you get the It miniseries wasn't all that bad. I mean, Tim Curry's one of the greatest actors to ever live. Uh, Cujo, very suspenseful, crazy movie. Um, 
maximum overdrive. That's fun. So, um, <laughs> maximum overdrive. What a movie, man. I think that came out the year I was born, too. I gotta look into that. I just posted something on Twitter about movies that came out the year I was born, and that was not on there. Shame on me. But, um, I mean, it was like top four movies, so it wouldn't be in my top four of 1988, but, you know. Nonetheless, we're talking about Misery. 100% say definitely check it out. I don't think this is a movie that can be remade. Um, I know they did it, and they kind of touched on the character in um, Castle Rock Season 2, which, what a great show Castle Rock was, man. I hope they bring that show back. That was a that was a smartly done show. So hopefully, you know, that'll be something that comes back in time, but, or back in time, comes back in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely check out Misery. Don't let the 90s scare you off. This is a very well-directed, very well-acted, very suspenseful film that hits everything you would hope for in a suspense movie. So, hope you enjoyed my review. Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. If you've seen Misery, let me know how you feel about it. If you haven't seen Misery, check it out. But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed the uh, blast from the past. Uh, happy 30th anniversary to the film Misery. Next week... Gonna have another review for you. Maybe it's Freaky. If Freaky comes out this weekend, like I think it does, might check out Freaky. Don't know yet. But nonetheless, I will be back next week with another episode for all you beautiful people. Thank you so much for continuing to uh, support me and support the show. Got some ideas going on about maybe starting a Patreon uh, sometime next year. I know uh, my buddy Zach said he would support that. So thank you, Zach, for always supporting. Huge shout out to you, man. You've always been great to me in this show. Calling me, calling this show, the show that you get your movie news, that's insane to me. Um, but I'm very appreciative of that. Very appreciative of everybody that, you know, listens to this show and supports my uh, my rambling and me talking about movies. Couldn't be more thankful for um, for that at all. Couldn't be more thankful for all the support. You know, we're living in the time of thankfulness. I know Thanksgiving just passed on, but always be thankful for things when you can get them, man. So, nonetheless, that's this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you had a great time. Check out Misery. I am Reveal It Rob checking out for this week. Talk to you next week. And remember that happiness can always be found in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at Review underscore It underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.